I'm Cindy Boxer, and you are listening to the Fiber Artist Podcast, where we chat with artists, makers, and creatives who work with fiber, get to know their stories, how they came upon their fiber practice, and more about the person behind the work. Hey there, fiber loves. Thanks for joining me today on the Fiber Artist Podcast. You can get 25% off your next order at naromastudio.com using the code PODSQUAD. It doesn't matter if you're a longtime customer or if this is your first order, you can get 25% off anything in the shop. Uh, I just got a big shipment of super soft rope and string. They're all here. We're all stocked up on natural rope and string from 1.5 millimeters to 25 millimeters and lots of colored string in big or little mini rolls and um, a few metallics too. Head over to Neuroma Studio and use the code PODSQUAD for 25% off. Now, I'm trying to get on a more regular schedule for releasing episodes. Um, I guess Mondays and Tuesdays at this point are kind of where I'm at. Please subscribe to the Fiber Artist Podcast on YouTube so that they'll come up on your feed whenever I post a new episode. Help me beat that algorithm by giving the videos a like and a comment. As always, if you want to reach out to me and ask a question, or if you'd like to be considered to be a guest on the pod, email me at thefiberartistpodcast at gmail.com. And that's fiber spelled the American way, F-I-B-E-R. So thefiberartistpodcast at gmail.com. This week's episode is with Farron Feiner. Farron is known for her beautiful, serene palettes and abstract landscape weavings. We chat about trauma bonding, evolving and growing ourselves and our businesses, her creative coaching program, which helps artists and makers like yourself tap into your true potential. Farron is very inspiring, but with a very calming energy. And I hope you feel centered and creative as you watch this one. You can find Farron on the web at farronfiner.com and on Instagram at farronfiner. Okay, that's all now. Hope you enjoy this episode. First off, thank you so much for having me. I'm Farron Finer, and I'm in LA, California. I actually just found out that I won second runner-up for Emerging Artists from Bandito Magazine. So that's that's pretty cool. That's so cool. Did they have you submit? It was it like um uh some kind of contest where they have you submit, um, and people vote, or is it just like how did how did that go? They reached out to me to submit. I think they kind of, but you are welcome to about a residency in oh. Italy. Oh, wow. so I submitted for that, which I didn't get. And so one person got that and then they chose two runners up and I think they have a board that, that decides. Okay. Very cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. So Thank uh, you. what does that come with? Are they going to be publishing um, some pieces or what happens now? Yeah, so I guess their magazine is like a collector's artist magazine. So I'll be featured in that and an online exhibition. And there was a cash prize. <gasps> That's amazing. Oh, I'm very happy for you. That's so cool. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess let's just bring it all the way back. I'd love to hear about your um, your history with weaving and learning to weave and how did it all come about for you? So... Uh, to go way back in college, I wanted to do fashion design and I was at Cal State Long Beach. And the program there wasn't really jiving with me. And I found out that they had a textile design program and I thought like, oh, maybe I would hand print textiles. That sounds cool. And Weaving on the Loom was an undergrad class. So it kind of found me like the second 
I started warping that loom and working on it. I was like, oh my God, I love this. I was finally producing work that I felt like really proud of and excited about. Like I always felt like I was a creative person Mm -hmm. and really explored drawing and painting and stuff. But because of my own blocks just felt like, oh, I'm not good enough to do that. My work's not ever good enough to do that, but still at a calling to like be creative. Right. So with weaving, it just resonated so deeply. And I was like, wow. And then I graduated from college, went into the fashion industry for a while. And when I came out of that, I finally had some time on my hands again. And I was like, I want to weave again. So I actually took a Marianne Moody oh, yeah. weaving workshop. Awesome. Because I've, yeah, I'd been working on large heddle looms in college, you know, floor looms. Mm-hmm. So I was like, mm, I could use a refresher and just learn how to work on a little frame loom. So that's how I started. Cool. Was was she traveling at the time? Like, did she come to California and teach a, teach a class or did you yeah. go to her? Yeah, no, she came to California. This was probably about 10 years ago. Oh, about. Wow. So had you been sort of thinking about weaving for a while or was it something like, was it kind of percolating in the back of your mind while you were continuing like the fashion degree or um, like, I don't know, I feel like was there some kind of uh, outside inspiration that made you come back to it or was it like, had you been thinking about it for a while? Gosh. No, it definitely wasn't in my mind Mm -hmm. at the time. I mean, I feel like there was no space for anything in my mind at that time. I was traveling like 30 hours a month going to different um, shows and uh, our sales office was in New York. So I was like all over the place. So I'm not, I'm not sure. I think it was just like my passion for creating, like my need more to just want to express myself. That kind of threw me back there. And at the time, like Miriam Moody's work was just you know, I mean, it still is so inspiring. And um, she makes it like also like digestible and accessible for mm-hmm. you when you take her her class. What kind of work in fashion were you doing at the time? Like, were you creating or was it, you know, more office or what, you know, what kind of thing was it? It was I was working for the largest jobber, jobber, jobber in the nation so they did close out buys at the time and then they um so that's when like denim was huge mm-hmm. and they had partnered with existing brands like um abs by alan schwartz and um ed hardy and to be free some other existing brands that they started in production with to um produce for the second tier shops mm, I so see. i was going to shows as a sales rep for them. Mm-hmm. I did some buying for them, but I wasn't creating anything. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it, mm-hmm. I feel like that's what happens. It's like there's this drought. As you're as a creative person, you sort of go into a creative field and you feel like, oh, this will do it. It's okay. But this is way more practical, right? Like I'm going to get yeah. a um, a job in the industry and I'll feel creative and it's going to be really cool and gra- glamorous. And it, and it really rarely is that, right? Um, cause I feel like that was similar to yeah, me. Like yeah. I, I went into PR for museums and I was like, oh, it's great. And I'm going to, I'm still going to be working for the arts and, it, and I'll feel, you know, it'll, it'll be cool. I'll meet artists and whatnot, but I myself was not creating anything. And it was sort of like, you know, I went on this trip, uh, to Marfa, Texas and 
I like there was something about going there and maybe it was just like my I needed to travel at the time and because I had just had kids and needed to get out of my like regular bubble of a life. But like totally. I like I knew that I sort of at the time needed out of that job because, you know, it's just when you're not if you're a creative person, you're creating nothing. It just like you it's so unfulfilling, you know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I wonder I just wonder if like I'm projecting a lot here, but I'm just wondering if there was something inside you that was kind of similar. Yeah, you know, and I think it's like those pivotal trips, like the one you're talking about, or that kind of something inside you that's like, I need to shake this up and I need something different to to happen and allows you to get some clarity mm-hmm. or listen to your instincts a little bit more without the chatter of everything else that's going on around you. Yeah. Um, so when I started doing it, it was just like, when I picked it up again, it's just that, that excitement that you feel for creating. You're like, yes, this outlet, like I can't stop doing it. It's just addictive, I guess, you know, like you just want to make and make and make. And it's just like, you get a weaving, you get a weaving, you get a weaving, (laughs) you know, like let me hand these out. So that's, that's kind of all, all it was. And then I was like, Oh, I can open a little Etsy shop because I thought it would be fun. I've always been looking for community too to find other artists. I think it's so cool to collaborate with other artists and meet other artists. So I was doing like different art fairs and pop-ups different places and it was cool to um do that and meet artists, you know, in all different sorts of mediums because that's always been uh where I pull a lot of inspiration from are just mm-hmm. creatives all over the board. So I really liked being around other artists and possibly collabing with them. Like I did pillows with Likey Wolf back in the day with Gemma. She's so dope. They turned out cool. Oh, so and cool. Doing stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually doing some stalking of your Instagram profile and I went way back to the very beginning. <laughs> and it's it was it's really cool to yeah. watch your design <laughs> evolution, right? Because um if you it, like as as I looked at the early work, it was it's very geometric. Right. You ha- it was <laughs> very triangles. I don't know if that's uh, influenced by Marianne Moody also, but um, uh, and then you watch it totally. sort of uh, evolve into more, you know, curved lines and landscape, um, like this very soothing landscape aesthetic, which I feel like is so your signature. Um, can you tell me like how that happened for you? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, you know, when you're learning, you kind of do what what you see other people doing or, or what you know. So, and I still am very aesthetically attracted to geometrics and stuff. And I did a lot of, um, I was very pop culture influenced too. Like I actually have some palm leaves and monstera leaves, like the one you had, I had woven some of those. I wove like a Vargas lady, you know, I was doing that. And I remember, the first weaving that I did, which was kind of landscapey and just, I don't know what made me do it like that, but just being like, shit, like this is so not to toot my own horn, but I, well, I was yes, like, so that Eureka moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just loved it. And for me, I really love the yarn. Like I love the tactileness of the weavings and I, I look at it as a display for how beautiful the yarn is. Mm -hmm. And I was really able to do that through like channeling those like 
just kind of landscape patterns and they were coming just very organically. Yeah. yeah, I'd say it was like a very organic process for me. Um, but it just resonated so hard. And I also was looking for something that was signature to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like there's so many beautiful artists out there working, but I just, I wanted something that I could call my own that didn't look like everybody else's, you know? So it just all kind of naturally, I was just looking for me more than I was looking for it to not be somebody else. I was just looking for like my authentic expression. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Are you working still? I mean, outside of weaving and um, are you still in the fashion industry? No, when I left the fashion industry, that was like done. I actually ended up in family business. We have an office furniture store, which is awesome because it allows me flexibility and time away to kind of do my thing too. And it's a great business. I'm able to actually pick fabrics, finishes, all that stuff oh, and fun. Help design in the store. Yeah, it is. It's cool. So it's, it's been great. So I, I do still work at the store. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was, I was wondering if weaving was your full-time thing. Um, I noticed on, um, not yet. Right. Would you, would you want it to be eventually? Oh yeah. That's my dream. Yeah. For okay. sure. Awesome. Well, I feel like you could definitely yeah. make that happen. Um, I noticed you have, um, a uh, coaching section on your website, which I'd love to talk about a little bit more. Um, you know, I didn't even really quite realize that you had it and I was, uh, just doing some research for this conversation. And I love that this is yeah. something you offer because this is like, it's part of the reason I think why I do the podcast is because I think a lot of people do get stuck and, um, and, you know, with all kinds of things, not just creatively with inspiration, but also with the business side of things. And um, I mean, clearly, because you have also this other business, this retail business, um, you know, you you have both sides somewhat figured out, I would assume like pretty very figured out. Um, but yeah, can you talk to me about the coaching? I love it. It was something that I ended up getting certified for during the pandemic. Oh, nice. So that was, you know, yeah. So when I was doing it, it just happened that I was like, oh, I would love to work with creatives like you were mentioning, because there's so many people that we all get the same blocks. Like, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. I see a lot of people um, having problems like taking that next step. What is that next step? Um, Charging their worth. Mm-hmm. And all of that. So I actually, I started, I ended up doing that um, to like back up a like crazy trauma bond is what set me down this path of healing like a couple years ago and then found the coaching. But through learning all of what I was taking in, I was like, oh, I would really want to help my community. Yeah like just other other creatives, you know, um, see past their own limiting beliefs, basically, mm-hmm. that they can do it, like to encourage more creatives to like, go out and do their thing and own it. Right? Yeah. Um, can you? Yeah. Are you comfortable talking more about the trauma bond that brought you to this point? Oh, yeah, totally. I've, I've processed it. Yeah, it was wild. Um, so I was with my ex-boyfriend and we broke up 
on like a Friday, the following Friday, I opened escrow on my now home, um, ended up moving to LA. So there was a lot going on. Um, and then when, once I moved to LA, not that long after I started dating this guy for not even that long, it was just a couple months. And it was that, it was at that point where you're sick of your own bullshit Mm -hmm. and you're kind of like, what is going on? Like he's, you know, the same kind of guy. It wasn't my first rodeo here. Like he was very avoidant and not very nice to me. And, you know, but it takes two to tango. Like I'm not a victim here. I had bad boundaries and low self-worth and didn't have a lot of self-love when it came to that arena of my life at the time. So I was, when we broke up though, I was so heartbroken or when it ended, I was so heartbroken. And I was just like, why? Like, why? Even though I could say like, I want these things, that's not my action. You know, Mm -hmm. like I keep kind of dating the same kind of guy and keep ending up in the same kind of place. And I just, out of wanting to explore what is going on and I'm not happy doing this and mostly to just stop feeling so heartbroken Mm -hmm. about it. And I find like for people to go on kind of their own healing journeys, it does take that dark night of the the soul. It does take that rock bottom somewhere for you to just finally be like, what, why? Like something else is in store for me. But through that, Oh, sorry. Oh no, I was just thinking, um, well, I mean, it's interesting that you say that you you kept sort of going for the same type of guy um, and putting yourself in a position where maybe you were being disrespected or where we put ourselves in a place by our own self-limiting beliefs, right? Where you're like, well, I'm, and it, whether or not they're, I think they're usually unconscious too, where it's like, you don't necessarily, you des- you don't think you deserve, um, you don't deserve better or more or, you know, some, some kind of um, just where you get stuck in this cycle of of attracting the kind of person who's going to continue that cycle. You know what I mean? Um, But I, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess what was the process of sort of, how did you process all of that? Were you you going to therapy? Was it, you know? Yeah, my, my personal journey. And I think like everybody kind of finds their way with stuff that resonates for them. And Mm -hmm. now that I've, uh, consumed so much information and I am pretty well versed about exactly what goes on with people, you know, without being licensed at anything, obviously. Um, you know, it's, it's all kind of giving you the same information. It's just whatever resonates with you and how you want to take it in. But for me first, I found somehow I found Mark Groves, who is a relationship expert, he's created the love on Instagram and uh, Lacey Phillips to be magnetic. Um, She does manifestation work rooted in reprogramming your neural pathways, Ah. basically. So I'm not sure which one led me to the other. But I know like when I started the manifestation work, I was like, I want a relationship, you know, and but when you start diving into it, I was kind of like, Oh, you know, there's like a inner child uh, section that you can do and uh, shadow work. So you start getting into that stuff. So that's kind of where I was dipping my toes into like 
that work and having huge breakthroughs uh, coinciding with listening to Mark Groves. Um, and he's giving me or giving everybody information, just information about your nervous system, mm-hmm. about your attachment style, about all these different things that are at play. Because yeah, I mean, your programming is received subconsciously from the time you're like zero to 14 years old. Sure. So yeah. and I, I kind of I, it was kind of hard for me to allow myself to see what was going on. Because I'm like, I had two parents that loved me and I grew up middle class. So everything's fine. I don't Mm -hmm. have anything to be concerned about. I didn't realize like I had serious abandoned abandonment issues. I have, you know, a lot of issues with loving myself and, you know, I was projecting that onto other people, Mm -hmm. you know, wanting somebody else or something else to fulfill me, which is not something you can get from anybody else you know you have to learn to fill your own cup and and love yourself and also through those two I found um the holistic psychologist Nicole LaPera Mm -hmm. and that was like my uh perfecta trifecta perfecta like those three yeah those three were like imperative to me kind of um going on this journey and just getting deeper with myself Mm -hmm. and figuring out what was going on for me. Some tools that are great. I'd already started meditating before the pandemic, which was such a, such a blessing in disguise. I mean, I guess not in disguise, but like I was already in a way better place to handle um, the craziness of what was going on and how, you know, overwhelming that whole situation was, um, is still. Yeah. And, uh, that's kind of how I found coaches and coaching. And now I do go to talk therapy. Um, but the meditation and journaling while just gaining information and, uh, I can't, um, shot out like, to be magnetic enough like there if even if you don't manifest anything quote unquote just which you will just because changing your energy and how you feel about yourself Mm -hmm. is like so rewarding in itself I'm not the same person I was just a couple of years ago and I mean I know we all change and grow and evolve but I like when you can start feeling yourself and seeing the change in yourself, like when you can start when the um, metacognition, right. When you can realize like you are not your thoughts Mm -hmm. and you are not your actions. Like it's all this programming that we've received and you know, it's hardwired into me for 30 plus years. So it takes a lot of work, but you can do it, you know? So yeah, when you start like you're like, oh, this isn't mumbo jumbo. Like it's happening, right? You know, right. I'm my reactions are different. I'm a totally different person. So that's a long no, yeah, no. <laughs> it's so interesting. Answer. It's so interesting because I mean, I would say in a, in a lot of ways, I'm similar that I grew up in a middle um, middle class family with really wanting for nothing. My parents were there. They're still married. They're they've always been there to help me out. But I think. I definitely, for some reason, grew up, um, well, I guess, I don't know, became in my um, late teens and 20s, like really codependent, I think, with every in every relationship I was in. 
And I don't know if that's just a part of being an adolescent and a teen and whatever, where you're just, we don't really know yourself. And so you end up, um, like I was adopting all of my boyfriend's behaviors. Like if one of them liked baseball, I became a huge baseball fan. Or if like one of them liked certain kinds of music, I became obsessed with that music too. And I just never, I don't know if I just had like a weak self identity or something like that. But it is one of those things I find so interesting because it is tied, it is all sort of tied to childhood. I don't know that I had abandonment issues, although I probably did. Because then, you know, I tried to become what I would think that they wanted me to be. Um, you know, like the kind of girlfriend that would, what you know, the keeper, right? And I tried, I'm trying to think if that was like seated by my parents because my mom was always like, oh, you have to be this kind of woman blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And even though like, you know, it's because they think they're teaching you, but then it is, it ends up being pretty shitty. Like if you're only living to like oh, get a man, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm curious. Of actually. course, they're, they're doing, they're doing, so your parents are doing the best they can right, exactly right. with what, what they, they have, were told. Exactly. I mean, there's so many, there's so many aspects at play. I mean, we live in a society that really, um, encourages codependency Mm -hmm. especially as women you know like we're it's we live in a capitalistic society where we're all supposed to hit this moving target of beauty and youth number one of having a man validates Mm -hmm. your existence if you don't have a man then yeah yeah if you don't fit into that box then it's like oh there must be something wrong with you or god forbid you're happy without it no woman could ever be happy without that So, yeah, I mean, like for me, my parents worked full time. They owned a business at the time they were sales reps and they were gone more and they weren't home, you know, nine to five. I have abandonment issues for that. We had Mm -hmm. au pairs Mm -hmm. and um, they would last about a year at a time. So even from the time I was really young, people that I would love that were taking care of me would leave, you know, and that's to no, no, no fault of my parents, no, you know, like not, they're but... working, providing, they loved me. They would have done anything for me, you know, but I had that and I had like severe, like attachment and, and, um, you know, self-worth issues yeah. from, from that, you know, just from normal, you know, family, family stuff. Like, right. it's, you know, it's I the structure of the family or yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Sure, sure. No, totally. And, so that was, it took me a long time to even realize that, yeah. you know? I know. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like the way the au pair system is set up, it is. It's like a year long. They're here. It was Were they foreign? Like they came from another country, right? Yeah. And they're here for yeah, either school or something. Fun. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah so yeah, it's yeah, set totally. up to like, have you. Like, we had a Swedish person, a German person, you know, like right. they were from all over. Oh, that's so mm-hmm. sad. Like when I think about it, because then it's like you're getting a new buddy every year, but you don't want to lose someone you have. And like you've, of course, built connections with that person. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So um, with yeah. your with your coaching program, um, do you – it's like mm-hmm. – it's is it therapy or <laughs> and business coaching or like how do you approach <laughs> it? 100% not therapy. I am not a therapist in any way. I um, can give out a lot of good information and resources to people. But um, with coaching, it's really like helping somebody tap into themselves, like 
there we're so cut off in so many ways from our own knowing and our own intuition because we're taught we need to fit into like the box we were talking about earlier and if you don't fit into that box you aren't a worthy person so people are trying to conform what they're knowing and like how they feel to fit like certain boxes whatever you were taught you were supposed to fit into Mm -hmm. and you stray so far away from the voice inside that we all have you know telling you what you like in artist case especially mostly not everybody but you have this knowing like this calling to create and do something more and you're not meant to be in like this nine to five job which there's nothing wrong with that but as a creative it the pull away from that is so so strong and Mm -hmm. you automatically you know that voice in your head goes you can never make it you can't do that you're not good enough you'd never you'd never have enough money don't do that you know so you stop from doing that or you look at end game like how you get from where you are now to end game and you get overwhelming Mm -hmm. and you get analysis paralysis and you just shut down totally um or you're kind of trying to grow your business and you have a little, a little kind of start, but you are afraid to charge what you're worth. You don't know how to expand. You don't know how to take it to the next level, like that kind of stuff, which the answers are all inside of you. Like I believe everybody has their own knowing because what's best for me and what path I take isn't what's best for you and the path you're meant to go Mm -hmm. on. So, Oh, that's so important. It's so important to see, like to say and recognize because I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that's the thing. I think everybody's looking for a formula for pricing their work Mm -hmm. and, um, and there are formulas out there and maybe that's like a good baseline to start with, but to figure out what, you're doing in your own geographic space too is like a whole other thing, you know, like what and who your market is and figuring all of that out is such a, I mean, you really do have to go through all of that to figure out how much you, you, you can charge yourself. Um, right. Yeah. So, okay. So do you go, you go through that with people like trying, trying to figure out Well, depending on what they, well, depending on what, on what they, they want. Like I, I really look at, I know weaving is considered like a, a craft, but my pieces are pieces of art, mm-hmm. pieces of fine art, one of a kind that I made by hand. And yeah. I, I treat my pieces as such. Like I would love to have a gallery show. I would love to like be in hotels and things like, like, which you just see, um, what's her name? Nikki from uh, lookout wonderland. Just, just curated the whole new space at a uh, ace uh, Ace Hotel in Brooklyn. Oh with yeah, all nice. cyber art. Oh, I haven't seen so it. I need cool. to take a look. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, um, that's how I I look at it, you know. But um, to kind of answer your question, it just depends. Like, I don't have a formula for for anybody. I, you know, they know what they need to be making where they are now. And then it's like kind of, okay, what are the steps to get you to where you need to be? And that is really exactly like you're saying, like different for everybody for a multitude of Mm -hmm. reasons, like where you're at, what you have, you know, what your volume needs to be. A lot of people don't sell just their art. They make, um, 
you know, like uh, toolkits or right. supplies and that kind of stuff too. It just all depends. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah, I know it's interesting trying to to go through all of that and like give someone a uh, yeah, it's just it's customized for each person for sure. Um, yeah, that'd be more on the I think like a consultant side too, like exact numbers and and figures and stuff like that too. Right. You know. Yeah. Depending. Uh, so the the coaching part of what you do. Um, and with the making, I mean, that's a lot of, and with the working um, in the in the furniture shop, that's a lot of things to handle. Um, if you had your, I guess if you could choose completely how you wanted to be, like how you wanted to uh, structure your business based on like no limitations, what, how would you do it? How would, how much would be like your weaving on your work and your creating and how much would be, would be your coaching and um yeah how how do you feel like you want to divide that up but i so the coaching has gone by the wayside just because i don't have the the time i chose not to have the time to like feed into that business um as much it is really fulfilling i've had Mm -hmm. some people go on to like do the thing that they were doing or send me the thing that they were working on, which is like such a heartwarming, like it's so beautiful to know that, you know, you in some small way are helping somebody, you know, gain a little bit of confidence or finish, you know, what they were working on. But uh, yeah, I got a little burnt out. It was like, I was spreading myself too thin and my, true love is being on the loom like mm-hmm. I love it so so much you can um, tell I mean by when I look at your work I feel like you can see all of the heart in in all of that no. thank you thank you so much that means a lot and it really is like when I'm on the loom now ugh, I was a as a, as a good Jewish girl, I was a staunch atheist growing up okay like <laughs> nice. I didn't you are my husband anything. basically I <laughs> You couldn't tell me anything. And now like, I'm like, oh, that's my connection to the universe. That's, that's God channeling through me or source or love or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, I also growing up in organized religion, I kind of shy away from the word God because it just has connotation sometimes of judgment of others, which is not, not my jam at all. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, like now it has turned into such a process. Like it just channels through me. I do sketches and um, sometimes little drawings and, and stuff, but pen to paper doesn't move the way yarn on yarn moves. So sometimes when I get get in there and get on the loom, I'm like, actually, that's not looking how I want it to look or whatever may change it based off that. And I really loved when I discovered like using macrame rope because it was uh, a it was such a thick and like vibrant um, color palette mm. on on in a weaving. You know, it, it feels like brushed actual brush strokes. Yeah, to me, yeah, yeah, you know. So, yeah. so um, yeah, I'm still I'm still available definitely for coaching. I just haven't and and consulting. Through that, I was also doing a little bit of consulting with people, but 
I just haven't been pushing it because I decided like I need it. It was taking away so much time from me being on the loom, but in a, in a perfect world, if I just magically had clients without having to do anything, I would take maybe two to three a day and be weaving the rest of the day. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it is such a huge question for, I think everybody is how to allocate your time. I mean, I go through this daily too. It's like, I would, I thought that focusing on the supply part of my business would free me up to create more pieces that weren't by commission, but that I could just create for myself and, and post, you know, whenever I felt like it and whatever. And it, literally that part of my business is like dead. Like I don't make anything at all anymore. Um, Maybe to teach, uh, like I'll still do workshops occasionally, but like, so even that, like thinking about how much time to allocate to workshops, allocate to toward art creating, allocate toward the shop and allocate also because there's this other component that I would love to be doing, which would be which is um, you know, doing more videos and tutorials and putting those things up on YouTube and all that stuff. And it's like, we can't do it all. So we really have to figure out like what is possible with the 24 hours in a day that we have. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that's always, that's such a challenge, you know? And then especially with yeah. something like weaving, weaving and macrame, which are just like the most time consuming things. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, <laughs> and you're working with a, with a family. I don't have a family right. that I, you know, it's just, it's just me, but we also, you know, in general, prioritizing yourself is something that I think everyone struggles with. Mm-hmm. And also like being still like when I feel burnt out and now just on the daily, like I, I need a certain amount of time to myself to meditate, to read, to get quiet. Um, to be in nature, like those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, you have that voice that's like, oh, you're not producing, you're not valuable, you're not doing, you know, like even mm-hmm. just sitting still, we're. Oh, it's problems. impossible. Don't even. Yeah. Well, I should say, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you feel like you're not. Well, I should speak for me. I feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. Like, oh, I could be leaving right now. What yeah. are you doing? You're wasting time, you know, like. I definitely have had to work at um, telling that part, you know, like that part's not true. You know, that's just what I've been told and feel my whole life. But in order for me to be the best version of myself, I need to prioritize for everybody. I need to prioritize taking care of myself and my needs. So I just need to make sure like, even if it's just, an hour, you know, or even if my meditation is 20 minutes instead of an hour, you know, and I go for like a five minute walk or whatever it is, making sure like that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. So as someone, I'm someone who cannot meditate <laughs> because mm-hmm. I just can't mm-hmm. do it. Like my brain mm-hmm. will not release at all. So um, can you tell me about your meditation practice and how you – like, what is meditation for you? What does it look like for you? Mm-hmm. I, would, I would love to. And just, and so how you feel is super common. So many yeah. people feel that way. Our brains hate expending energy. So when you're trying to change, um, it's going to tell you. And, and your body. Your body wants to feel a certain way, too. So it's that 
connection. Like, no, get up. No, you need to do that. You know, like that's just your brain going off at you, you know, Mm -hmm. and which is totally normal. And that's kind of what meditation is. So I started with Headspace, which I love doing. Yeah, yeah. You got a nice little guided. I, I prefer, I think, quiet at the time to just kind of sit and um, it really helped me realize like, oh, these are just, this is my pattern of thoughts. These are the same thoughts I'm thinking all of the time. Like it helps you kind of realize like, oh, that's just that thought I have all mm-hmm. the time, you know? So that you're kind of starting to break through and, and be like, oh, that's not true. You know, Byron Katie, like, is it true? Is it really true? You know? Um, so that helped me with that. And I did Headspace for a while. And, um, in conjunction with doing the, um, to be magnet, to be magnetic work, which Mm -hmm. are kind of self hypnosis, um, things. So like you're kind of diving into your subconscious state, um, through that recently I have gone on to, at some point I discovered Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, and his meditations, which are very much like energy space, um, really visualizing your future self. He's, I would destroy trying to describe what he does, but he's amazing. I actually got into one of his, um, advanced retreat workshops that it's coming up in December in Cancun that I'm super excited about, but that's kind of the meditations that I, that I do now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, very cool. But I think like Headspace app, Calm app, um, Insight Timer, are great beginner apps. Um, even if you're like, I can't meditate, I can't do it. Like just if you start with one minute a day, you know, like mm-hmm. anything, it's, it's like the gym for your brain, right? you know? And I think different, different people have different kinds of meditation that are going to work better for them. But I think there's like all this expectation that you're supposed to silence my brain and my brain isn't silent. So I'm bad at this or I can't do this, but really your brain is never going to silence. Like you're it's over time you get, Oh shoot, better at it. You know, yeah. like it, it comes up less often or whatever, but it takes a long time. I think we have like these expectations of being good at something, you know, right away, which really isn't realistic for any anything you know right right um yeah and what do you feel like you're focusing on most now during your meditations if that's not too personal of a question I'm just I'm curious I want to get no, like, in your brain <laughs> um definitely so kind of with my Dr. Joe future self meditations I am focusing on um, my weaving career, like I do want to have a gallery show. I do want to do more large scale custom pieces. And I do want to transition into doing that full time one day. So I focus on that with my, um, self hypnosis stuff. I definitely am focusing on self love, confidence, wholeness. Um, and then just trying to be quiet, like within myself and kind of see like, what do I want? Mm -hmm. Like, what does Sharon want without all the outside influence coming in, you know, and that 
doesn't come to me. You know, it takes time. And here and there, I'm like, oh, I want this. Or, oh, this is kind of calling me, you know. But it's not like every time I sit and do that, it comes through. But, yeah, mainly a lot of just um, finding wholeness and love within myself. And, you know, we only get you only YOLO once. Mm -hmm. So what do I really what do I really want? You know, like what makes me happy? Yeah. And just trying to put a lot of energy into those feelings, that feeling of freedom, that feeling of love, like I have been. I'm sorry, hold on, hold on, you broke up. Uh, Okay. Say that again. Sorry. Um, I have these things in my life right now, but I think being a person on earth, you know, with dealing with all these outside influences, like, you know, I kind of feel like what's the next best thing? I don't have this. Oh, I got this, but now I don't have this, this, and this. Of course. And it's like, yeah. And it's something that could never be fulfilled. Even if I became a, you know, a major famous weaver tomorrow, I'm sure there would be a million other things then that I'd be like, well, I don't have this and I'm not this and I'm not this. So it's really trying to just get um, grounded in myself Mm -hmm. and have that love that is existing, like regardless of what, what place I am in life, you know? And I think um, somebody, I saw a post about this too, and it just resonated so deeply because, um, it's like, you don't have to compare yourself mm-hmm. to others or where you think it's supposed to be. It's like having love and appreci- appreciation for all that you've been through and you're still here, you know, and just really trying to cultivate that love and feeling mm-hmm. within yourself, you know, because your outside um, circumstances are always going to change and be moving. And it's like, do you have that, that, feeling of wholeness and love, like no matter what, you yeah, know, that's yeah. never going to come something you attain basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know it's interesting. My friend sent me the other day. Um, it said, it was like a meme or whatever, but it said, remember when you wanted what you have? Does that make sense? Yeah. Remember so what, good. remember when you wanted all the things you have, good. like, or, or something like that. Right. Yeah. And I was like, uh, that's, that's so true because sometimes we, it's like we put ourselves in these positions also. Yes, of course, we're constantly wanting more. I mean, you're right. This is part of being a human on earth. Um, Just mm, always just having this sort of hunger or desire uh, to either achieve or get to the next step or have more something material, you know, something materialistic maybe or whatever it is. But but then it's so interesting because I think we so like get caught up in the day-to-day that we forget to think about how completely I mean I hate the word blessed because it's become so (laughs) like trivialized or whatever but it's true it's like we are blessed with the things that we have achieved and all that we have now you know what I mean and even in in any in any position I mean even to the people who are just starting listen it's like you have come to this place where you have started creating which is the biggest first step right where you have to like in a way you have to be Mm -hmm. grateful for even having that in you that you did take that first step right um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's one of those things that it's like daily struggle, 
And I don't know that it's, I, it feels, it feels like will we ever get to a point where we really do truly just um, are at peace with the present day? You know, it's hard. It's hard. I'm, yeah, no, a hundred, a hundred percent. Yeah, it is hard. And, you know, I have, I, it, it's by design, you know, because we all feel that way on some level or another. And it, yet it's the, you know, being vulnerable is the one thing that's, hardest for us all to like admit and do mm-hmm. so yeah I don't know I mean maybe the Dalai Lama did it you know maybe, I don't yeah. have expectations for for perfection you know it's all about having that like kindness and grace and love for yourself which you know you need reminders of it's like oh yeah I have you know like I I am grateful for everything like I'm so grateful for that you know, avoidant trauma bond that like sent me down this spiral of becoming mm-hmm. who I am now, you know, and being able to let go of that when I was in the thick of it, like, I never thought I would get over it, you know, for like a long time. And now I'm like, who? Like, isn't that you know? weird? It's like a whole but different also- person. <laughs> Not that, I mean, I'm 39. It wasn't my first rodeo either. You know, I had had heartbreak and sure. stuff before, but yeah, totally. Yeah. So then it's like, th- thank you. I love that person who I was because it brought me to like the person I am now. But yeah, I'm not that person. <laughs> right. Now I know. Mm-hmm. Um, what did I want to ask you? Oh, uh so right now, um, because you mentioned wanting to have a gallery show eventually, um, I'm wondering, so most of the work you do right now, is that all commissions that you're working on? Or do you do get time to build your own collection and whatever is happening in the back of your mind? Yeah, I'm, I do build my own stuff that I have on my website and I get commissions and that's kind of my weaving work. And there has, there has been times where you have like so many commissions and you're like, Oh, I have this one piece living inside of me that I really want to get out and I can't, and I don't have time to. Um, But during, because I had so much time, like I guess we all have had, uh, during the past year and a half, I have had a lot of time to be, be prolific with my weavings and do that. Um, and I feel so inspired by so many things. So I have had time to do that lately. This year is slowed. It was weird. 2020 was like popping for me. It was my best um, annual sales to date. And 2021 is really slowed down yeah. sales wise, which is, which is fine. You know, um, so I have had time to do that. And I was dealing with some burnout over the past um, couple months. So it was nice that I wasn't like, for maybe the first time, forcing myself to be creating something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I, I'm i just not going to weave. Like, I'm just going to numb out yeah. for a couple weeks, you know, catch up on sleep and that's what I need to be doing yeah. right now and also, I need to look to that also with the pandemic have you even have you been able to travel much because I, d- I did notice you have some beautiful travel photos which of course is always like a rejuvenating thing that I feel like every artist needs in a way is just to get out of your own environment um but yeah I mean I wonder if that contributed to the burnout if you've been like if you took 
most of the pandemic time and like just really did lockdown or have you gone anywhere? I went, so yeah, I mean, that has contributed because I, I do usually mm-hmm. travel a lot all over the world. It's like super passion of mine. I know everybody loves to travel, but I, I take like so much inspiration from being totally. like submerged in like different cultures, different environments. And I have such a connection to um, landscapes. I get obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, listen, I was looking, I was looking through your travel inspiration photos and I was like, yep, yep, this is, I need to do this. Like I was like, I've been sitting in my, you know, in my house and just in my own space for so long. And like, we haven't really gone anywhere. And it totally, it gave me wanderlust. Like I was like, this is why we need to go somewhere, you know? And um, yeah, so I don't know. Continue. Sorry, I totally interrupted you. It re- no, no, totally. Because it, it, it's so imperative, I think, for every human, regardless, because nature and the magnitude of just how beautiful the earth is, is our beauty reflected back to us. Mm-hmm. And it really centers you in like a present moment of just connection with something bigger and greater than you. So yes, a hundred percent. So I did last, last year I did a road trip, um, through Arizona up to Yellowstone national park. Um, so I did that, which was amazing. And that was like uh, September of last year. Mm -hmm. And then I think like April of this year, I did one all the way, uh, around Arizona through, to Bryce Canyon. So just hitting some some natural um national park. Yeah. And, You're so lucky you know, to be on the get, West, West getting, Coast. It's like it's not that far to you to oh, go to those I places. Know. Oh, you're so lucky. I know. I know. Being able to be like and I've done it, like beach, mountains, desert yeah. in one day. Like Oh God. I'm, I'm so, so jealous. So lucky. <laughs> yeah. Where do you want to go next? I'm very lucky. Uh, Gosh, well, I'm planning, I turn 40 next year. So I'm definitely when the pandemic happened, I was supposed to go to Copenhagen and Paris, um, end of April. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing. So at the time, too, I was like, maybe I'll still be able to go like, lol, nope. Um, So I definitely want to get back to Paris next year. Um, And I'm thinking about uh, I'm Sicilian. I'm also part Sicilian. So I was thinking about going to like Palermo and uh, maybe so- south of France or something. And then um, Japan is on my list. Never nice. been. And uh, Bali. Oh, Bali God, I really too. Want to go to I would Bali like too. to go. Yeah. I know. I'm like, get the far ones out of the way while I'm uh, <laughs> still I- feel like energetic You're right. enough to sit on like a 20 hour. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty far. So. We um went to Thailand for our honeymoon and my, my husband's like, oh, I don't think we can ever go on a trip that far again. And I'm like, no, we have to because we're eventually no. going to go to Bali, right? <laughs> like we should have done it while we were there, but um didn't think that far in advance. It's hard yeah. because like, I mean, I spent two and a half weeks in Thailand and I thought I was like going to go on to Vietnam maybe and do, which I still would love to go and when I was in Thailand so many people backpackers that I met and traveling through there were like Laos you know they loved like mm-hmm. Laos and um Myanmar at the time um so you know I know there's so much there's so much to, to explore I mean 
Yeah, there's literally nowhere that I I wouldn't want to go. Yeah. So when you travel, do you usually go uh, with friends or do you go alone or what? What's your like ideal? I usually go with friends. I have some friends that I travel great with. You know, we're simpatico travelers. Yeah, so important. Nice. Yes, it's imperative to be on the same page. so yeah, I usually travel with other people, but um, I've done like little trips by myself, but the Cancun retreat will be my first like big trip by myself, even though I've flown overseas mm-hmm. by myself a bunch, you know, like I'm very, uh, I don't know, I, I got it down to a science, like nice. getting on and off the plane, dealing with the airport. Yeah, all of that. So that I'm pretty chill with now just from doing it so much, but um yeah, I would definitely go somewhere by myself. Like, it scares me in a good way. Yeah. So I think, mm. you know, like, to turn towards that. But yeah, usually I go with someone. It's nice having somebody, too. And it's nice having some alone time, too. Yeah, so. for sure. I did um, <laughs> I did study abroad in Italy when I was in school. And, um, you know, you meet friends there and whatever. But the, the way it worked out, the last weekend I was there – I was completely alone. Like everyone had already gone home. And so I had three days to myself. And this was like, I was 21, I think. Um, And I don't think I'd ever just been alone though, like ever for 72 hours. You know what I mean? Alone, like no, we're literally no one to talk to. Like I didn't know anybody. I didn't. And it was really weird. Like, I don't know. I still have, I don't know. It was so hard for me. It was so hard. I think it would be way different now. I think I would so, fucking enjoy it now because you know not having husband and kids with me and all that stuff like it would be amazing yeah. but I I had a hard time with it actually like I didn't feel comfortable like no I- talking to people and I wasn't staying in a hostel either so it wasn't even like I could just meet other solo travelers I was just like waiting for my flight to come I was like <laughs> I went to a pub and like I don't know it was funny I drew I drew I like spent time drawing and stuff but I I just felt kind of scared the whole time you know I didn't know how to be with myself. That's the truth of it. That's yeah. That's the truth of it too. Like the times that I've gone out of town by myself, um, it does get like a little lonely or I'm not, I'm not as uncomfortable now. Mm -hmm. Like I, I like going out to eat by myself or, or that kind of stuff. But that's also the truth of it too. Like, yeah, now I think you'd be able to start chatting someone up probably and not feel as as scared to talk to people. And I find when I'm traveling in other countries, people are so warm and welcoming and want to chat, you know, more too. So yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's the, it's the dichotomy of like both. Like, yes, it's amazing. And I think the more time you kind of spend with yourself or, or do that, the more those kind of fears and uncomfortableness subside. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, even with this podcast, I feel like I can talk more than I could then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just trying to figure out how to be conversational and that yeah. kind of thing, you know, which um, I don't know. I think uh, a lot of I think a lot of fiber artists and fiber artisan types, a lot of us are introverts. And so getting to that point is, it's like, you know, it's hard. <laughs> like you really have to come out of your comfort zone and just just do it. But um, yeah. yeah. Wait, so when's, yeah. your, Can- when's your Cancun trip? That's such a, the, the first week of 
December. Oh, so it's coming. Um, I think I leave. Oh, I think I leave the sixth. But what? But also, what you said is so beautiful, and what kind of um, drew me to this podcast too. I'm like, you're um, like an expander, and the people you have on are like it's expansive to listen to you talk to all different kinds of people from all over the place, like their stories, how they made it, you know, and um, what you just said is so, so beautiful because so many people struggle with that, you know, like in speaking and to just get up and do it and start your own podcast. Like high five. (laughs) That's amazing. You know, that's huge. That's huge. And you're great at it. Oh, thank you. You know, and if you were too scared to take that leap, you know, we wouldn't be sitting here right now and you wouldn't be affecting so many people and showing them like, Hey, you know, like, look at all these people out here doing it. You can do it too. Like, that's how I, how I take in this like inspiration. It's like, Oh yeah, look at all these people out there, like being artists for a living. Like you can do it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I and and I spent like most of the pandemic not doing podcast episodes because I was I somehow just got really scared to start up again. It was like once because it gave me I feel like when the pandemic started, it gave me um, like the freedom to not do anything. Like I was like, okay, fine, you know, I'm just gonna run the shop and get orders out. And I don't want to talk to people right now and whatever. And um, it was like I had an excuse not to sort of. Um but it was, yeah, it was really weird. I was just, after 20 episodes, I suddenly was like, I'm scared. And even now, like, I, ha- you know, I, I don't want, I guess I want everybody to know that I'm, I'm, I get a little nervous before each one. And um, it's just one of those things that you just, you got to just do it. You got to take the leap and start it. And it, some things are embarrassing, like me, whatever, screwing up names and whatnot, um, but yeah, you just got to do it. And also, like, I think people uh, like that it's not perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Like, because yeah. I can't do it any other way. It's just me, right? Um, and just like the whole authenticity yeah. thing, I think, is more important now. Like, there, it's funny because I was talking to my friend who produced like a bunch of really like high, I want to say high end podcasts, but like she used to work for Reese Witherspoon's company. And like, so they do these yeah. really polished things that have like, you know, pre- mm. it's part of it scripted, yeah. the audio is really great, the the audio drops and the songs and whatever. And I'm like, but the things that I, the ones I love listening to are totally the ones like this, where I where the people are just having a one on one conversation with someone and like getting to know the real, you know, person. That's that's the kinds of stuff I'm drawn to. So I'm like, I try to make that <laughs> what I try to uh, do that for this podcast. So I don't know. I hope people like it. Who knows? You do. You do a great job. I love it. You do a great job of that. And I love hearing everybody's story. Like it, it resonates with me so, so much. I love it so much. And this was my first podcast interview. So you know, I'm sweating right now. And I, (laughs) I, you know, rambled on and you know, whatever, but it's kind of like that, like, okay, whatever. Like I, you know, I would love a chance to talk to you and gain more community out of this and give some people like a chance to kind of get to know me more. Cause I, I kind of, I, I caption things on, on Instagram, but you know, I'm not really like a talker, I guess, or I don't ever really 
show myself a lot, like mm. besides just in the actual weaving videos or put myself out there. So I was like, you know what, this is a good opportunity for me to grow by facing something that scares me and, you know, scares me in a good way. Like yeah. that's, that's where the growth is. Like that's where the magic is, you know? Absolutely. So I was like, okay. <laughs> like yeah, when yeah, I know, I'm so like, glad. Oh shit. <laughs> no, no, don't feel bad. I was like, Oh my God. Like I, cause my initial re- reaction was like, yes, I would love to. And then, you know, the bullshit, the ego plays it. Oh, you're going to be the worst podcast ever. She's not even going to air it. Nobody wants to listen to you. You're going to be so boring. You're, you know, like, uh, yeah, yeah. All we this, all have those. Thoughts, this shit. Sure. Yeah. Which is not like when I have a conversation just out in the world with people is not what I'm thinking, you know? Yep. So yep. I know it's not true, but <laughs> I know. And it's I funny. Guess, uh, we'll see, but. Yeah. And it's funny. The thing about the whole thing with Instagram is that, I mean, who knows who's even reading the captions? You could be pouring your whole heart out in them and like <laughs> three people bother to read it. You know what I mean? So it's like, who knows? I, I love this format. I love the podcast format. And I love like getting to know people like yeah. you and just having like the real talks, you know? So I thank mm-hmm. you so much yeah. for um agreeing Here's to it, it and, you know, overcoming whatever bullshit was going on in the back of your head. And um, yeah, it was so nice. So nice getting to know you. Uh, yeah. Cheers to overcoming bullshit. Yeah. Thank you so much. Hell this yeah. has been great. <laughs> um, and then one last time, can you just tell people where they can find you again online? Yes. Um, Farron Finer, uh, F-A-R-R-O-N-F-E-I-N-E-R. That's my Instagram handle and uh, my website. And Farron Finer Coaching is my coaching website. Or if you have any questions, you can just DM me or get a hold of me. And yeah, I'm, I'm very accessible through Instagram. I'm an Instagrammer and that's pretty much <laughs> awesome. where you can find me. All right. Well, thanks again. I look forward to seeing what's next for you, Farron. Check the show notes of each episode to get the website and Instagram for each of the fiber artists I speak with. Be sure to give them a follow. And you can view video from this podcast on neuromastudio.com slash the fiber artist podcast. If you enjoy the fiber artist podcast, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.